King. This is Fusebox number 102, The Untrained Eye. And you need to read the fine print. Always good advice, especially when uh, dealing with door-to-door clam salesmen, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, welcome I mean, in. is that a major problem these days, uh, clam <laughs> Could be. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> I tell you what, though, it uh, it makes me want to put in one of those security doorbell things. You know, I'll tell you right now. Um, yeah, you mean the ones with the uh, cameras built into the doorbell button? Yeah, exactly. That way, I can just you know bring up the app and see who might uh, want to sell me their fine products. You know, waste my valuable time, create another awkward moment. You know, where you lay there at night wondering if you were too rude and uh, dismissive to that person. I, I, I mean, I know. They're just trying to make a living, too. Or you can do like I do. Just don't answer the damn door. Yeah, but on occasion there are people I actually want to come in, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, there's your problem, amigo. <laughs> Wanting people to come on in. See, it's way easier for me. I know I don't want anyone bothering me at all, ever, for anything. So, it's never a problem. You know, I don't know whether to be saddened by that or envious. Exactly. Well, welcome in, friends, to this, the 102nd edition of Fusebox, handily titled The Untrained Eye. And I am your wearing a suit made of silly putty host... Mark Rose, and over there, amid the uh, beeping lights and flashing bells, is the doctor of decibels himself, Milk Keynes, everybody. Thank you kindly. You know, you mentioned that uh, security doorbell thing. Did, did you happen to see that story about the gal, uh, I think it was in Texas, Oh. who was ringing doorbells at night? Evidently, uh, all over this uh, one neighborhood, and somebody's uh, security cam caught a picture of her. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she... yeah, yeah, and it, and it looked like she had been uh, restrained. Yeah. Because she had these, like, straps yeah. dangling from her wrists, and it looked kind of disheveled, too. Yeah, at first they said it uh, it might have been a hoax, but it uh, turns out she uh, apparently uh, she escaped from some whack bat's house was trying to get help from anybody she could find. Yeah, that that was some pretty strange footage. Uh, you could tell that something wasn't right. And it uh, really did appear that she had some kind of restraints on her wrist. But, uh, you know, could have also been some kind of bungee or a, a, a lanyard cord. You know, it was really hard to tell. But uh, I guess she's okay now. And uh, that case is under investigation. But, yeah, pretty creepy. Uh, another good sell piece for that doorbell security thingy, though, huh? <laughs> Bet you they had a bump in sales that day. Uh-huh. It's crazy out there, friends. If it's not folks escaping from some nutbag suburban torture cellar, it's, uh, well, it's closing down a solar observatory, then evidently the post office and the whole town as well. Have you heard about this? What? Yeah. It was in uh, New Mexico. Uh, I think it's a place called Sunspot. And uh, I think that's the town. They have one of those uh, solar observatories there. It uh, monitors sun activity. 
And uh, back a few days ago, evidently, the local authorities were informed that they needed to evacuate the observatory and evidently uh, the nearby post office and town as well for an undisclosed purpose. They were informed, you say. Who was uh, the informer? The FBI, as it turns out. The FBI. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, to make this even more interesting, seven video feeds uh, across the globe that typically monitor uh, solar behavior, um, they all went offline at the same moment on the same day as this event in New Mexico. Now, it's not unusual, all right, for a video feed to blink out for, you know, a little while as they periodically do uh, recalibration or maintenance or whatever. But it's odd, particularly odd, that seven would do it simultaneously around the globe at the exact time that this odd thing was happening at the uh, at the uh, Sunspot Observatory. Oh, man. Man, how did I miss this one? <laughs> well... You know, you never answer the door. So if there was a clam salesman trying to get the word out, you wouldn't have known, buddy. Hey, you know, you know who we should uh, check in with on this one, right? Yes. Yes, you're correct. As he is in the exact geographic area there and uh, is, of course, a colleague of ours on the OnSug channel here. I am referring to the man himself, P.Q. Ribber. He, uh, he lives in Truth or Consequences, New Mexico, I do believe. So, uh, let, me, uh, let me just open a window here and uh, ask our esteemed uh, correspondent. Uh, say, PQ, uh, any thoughts on this uh, solar observatory thing over there in uh, New Mexico? Mr. Rose and Fusebox listeners, uh, River here. In New Mexico, and not incredibly far from this sunspot New Mexico locale. Uh, Anybody makes this sound like a place. It's a quote-unquote unincorporated community. It's 18 miles away from a town called Cloudcroft, which is a pretty small town. And uh, that's the nearest gas station, store, restaurant, or anything then it's just rode into the middle of nowhere and this solar observatory that has been open to the public. And my best guess in this may have nothing to do with that it's a solar observatory. My guess would be that somebody has been using the locale or the actual observatory as a cover for most likely drug traffic because this region of New Mexico and Texas is where a great deal of Mexican drug cartel product is rolled through. They stop and they divvy it up. There's, you know, whatever gun trade is involved. You go into like really rural New Mexico in places that are away from towns and normal people and traffic. Those sort of things can be known to happen there. And I mean, I'm not saying that I'm sure or anything about this. 
I mean, they aren't knocking over anybody's home that has a observatory that's capable of observing the sun. Maybe this was a cover for terrorists. I don't know, but it, it's fascinating how it's underreported. It's not really a town. That's the thing. If it was an actual town with people and a place where people really lived, but I really see very little indication that anybody permanently lives in a place called Sunspot, New Mexico. I could be wrong, but I did a little sniffing around online and Wikipedia, and it really appears to be a non-place. This first sentence in its history doesn't quite make a lot of sense to me, but sounds like there's a story behind it. It was named after the presence of the National Solar Observatory on Sacramento Peak in a vote that was allegedly rigged by the observatory's director, John Evans. Interesting. And then it, it redirects supposedly to his obituary. Oh, dear. Okay, this is his obituary in the New York Times at 90. Apparently he died in a murder-suicide with his wife. They left a note saying they did not wish to become a burden on their children. Dr. Evans chose the name Sunspot for the community where the observatory was established. So is it a community or is it not? We're going to have to do further research. But this quote from a former colleague, George Simon... He asked everyone to make suggestions and said the name would be determined by a vote. But he preferred Sunspot, and we always thought the election was rigged. Anyway, with that, uh, if we come up with any more information, we'll forward it. But uh, your correspondent out here in Nowhereville uh, pushing it back to you, Mr. Rose. Holy carp! Now there's the real conspiracy. The guy rigged the town's election. And they don't know if this is an actual community or just a semi, here it comes, vague designation for an observatory. Now this sounds shady as hell to me. Telling you, it's the mantis aliens, man. They've probably been spotted up there siphoning off energy from the sun again. Or something. It's just a matter of time, I'm telling you. Well, I don't know. It sure seems to get downright smarmy the more you look into it. Thanks to our intrepid uh, correspondent in the wilds of New Mexico, PQ River, for that report. And uh, by the way, uh, our buddy, PQ hosts a couple three dozen shows himself <laughs> on the Unsug channel, the uh, Quick Reversal Satellite, uh, another called Here in Heck, as well as the Overnightscape Central, which uh, I have to say, friends, uh, at times is a public service. I mean, the information scattered about on that show by some of our uh, other esteemed colleagues on the channel here is Mind-blowing, to say the least. You will be enriched by the infotainment. 
I kid you not. Yeah, that's the one where uh, a lot of different hosts get to jaw jack about a topic that River suggests, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, Mr. Keynes and Mr. Pollard and I have all been uh, party to that program on occasion. And, uh, you know, again, I believe we'll, uh, we will do that again because it's uh, just too much fun to avoid. <laughs> so thanks, PQ, for shedding light on this, as you say, under reported news item and uh, we'll stay on it i swear we will because <laughs> it's what we do around here friends we stay on it we stay on it until it punches us in the face <laughs> we shall return with more in-depth coverage of ground-shaking import in a moment the show for everybody, but not everybody will like it. We're having a contest, and you're all invited. We want to come up with a name for Milt's drink concoction that's made from Yoo-Hoo and vodka. Because calling it that is just, well, uh, cumbersome and a little awkward on the side, especially if you've had three or nine of them. So send your name suggestions to milt, M-I-L-T, at thefuseboxshow.com. And the winner will receive a free item from the Fusebox store. For real and for true. So get those entries in and we'll select the winner on our next program. Zounds, what fuckery is this? What vile, unyielding cruelty blankets me like a cloak of black iron I cannot shed? This gnawing at my viscera, this, this hunger that burns at my very core, weakens me, yet cannot be satiated, as once more I am faced with obstacles thrust before me for reasons only the gods may ascertain. Lo... I stand before you, a starving man, bent and anguished, searching for respite, a mere mortal, frail and desirous of nourishment for body and soul. Where is thy benevolence? Alas, does no one bear the humanity to intercede? What of compassion? My hunger deepens as precious reserves are depleted. Fighting to stave off this cruel inquisition. What of decency? Pray, what of love? What of love? So you want fries with that? Or not? A fuse box. News update. And just as we were wrapping that little piece up, <laughs> we get this news regarding the closure of that uh, solar observatory. It, uh, it does appear now that the closure and subsequent evacuation of the surrounding area was due to, quote, suspected criminal activity, quoting the sources at ORA, the uh, Association of Universities for Research in Astronomy. Quoting them now again, 
We recognize the lack of communications while the facility was vacated was concerning and frustrating for some. However, our desire to provide additional information had to be balanced against the risk that, if spread at the time, the news would alert the suspect and impede the law enforcement investigation. That was a risk we could not take, officials said. So, Otero County Sheriff Benny House told the uh, Almogordo Daily News that the sheriff's office was asked to stand by and mentioned that the FBI was involved. Quoting the sheriff here, The FBI is refusing to tell us what's going on. We've got people up there at Sunspot that requested us to stand by while they evacuate it. Nobody would really elaborate on any of the circumstances as to why. The FBI were up there. What their purpose was, nobody will say. But for the FBI to get involved that quick and be so secretive about it, there was a lot of stuff going on up there, House told the newspaper. There was a Black Hawk helicopter, a bunch of people around antennas, and work crews on towers. But nobody would tell us anything. So uh, the observatory is scheduled to reopen now with uh, normal visitor hours in effect, evidently. So uh, there you go, right? Nope. Sorry. FBI, Blackhawks, do not spell drugs, amigo. Something weird there for sure. We may yet again never know. But it seems uh, PQ's closer to a possible expona- explanation there than, uh, than many, suggesting that it was uh, terrestrial in nature. I'd be inclined to agree with that, but uh, the video fails thing uh, still, eh, still nags me. Telling you, man, it's the giant mantis aliens. They're all behind it. And they may even be getting kind of sloppy now with hiding their activities from everybody, you know? And speaking of cats, <laughs> we have another heartwarming, heartwarming story to uh, share with you. Not a picture of your tuna fish muffalata? Uh, no. No, heaven forfend. Uh, I want to share with you uh, this wonderful news item. This coming to us uh, through the auspices of the fine, upstanding citizens at the Huffington Post on June 5th. 47-year-old Everett Lages, or Lodges, was arrested outside of the Emerald City Strip Club in Murdoch, Florida. He continuously called 911 after the club's owner denied him entry because our buddy Everett had a kitten, yes, a baby cat, with him. So after the cops showed up, they put Everett in a cab and tried to send him home, which was a fail, since Everett was severely intoxicated and continued to call 911. Everett was later arrested and is now facing charges of misuse of the emergency calling system, disorderly intoxication, trespassing after warning, and resisting arrest without violence. All because of a cat. 
I see what he tried to do there. Poorly. Well, well maybe it was his uh, uh, service animal or whatever. <laughs> service kitten? You know what? That's a whole other occupation, I think. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Are we young to be of service to old Everett, at least in the uh, traditional meaning of the term, I'm betting? Yeah, but uh, don't you think, too, that uh, some of the gals in that club might just really dig the hell out of that little kitten? You know? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Oh, sure. I'm betting they'd just be delighted to have that distraction for a while. <laughs> all the while, Everett there is getting all kinds of additional attention as well, isn't he, though? <laughs> Well, who's tipping who here? Exactly. Yes, t'was ever thus, friends. Yes, it's why we ask, yet again, with antihistamine at the ready and a clean litter box. What the fuck, Florida? It just never gets old, you know? Crazy thing is, people keep sending these things into us. And most... Live in Florida. Florida. Yeah, it's a phenomena of extreme oddness. You know what I mean? Roger that. <laughs> and we have here sublime oddness in the form of a film review from our very own video vixen who uh, braves viewing these sometimes trashy, sometimes really trashy film oddities in her Selfless quest to keep you informed and maybe even forewarned. This time, she has another gem from the mid-80s entitled Better Off Dead. Johnny. Four weeks. Twenty papers, that's two dollars. Plus tip. Uh, gee, Johnny, I don't have a dime. Sorry. Didn't ask for a dime. $2. Well, it's funny. See, my mom had to leave early to take my, my brother to school and my dad to work because... $2. Cash. See, the problem here is is that my little brother this morning he got his arm caught in the microwave and and uh, my grandmother dropped acid and she freaked out and hijacked a school bus full of penguins. So it's kind of a family crisis. So come back later. Great. Better Off Dead, 1985. Director, Savage Steve Holland. Stars, John Cusack, David Ogden Steers, Kim Darby, Diane Franklin, and Curtis Armstrong. Once upon a time in movie history, the 80s were a golden time for teen romantic comedies. Writer-director Savage Steve Holland made three great contributions in that era, and this is the first and best of his films. John Cusack stars as Lane Myers, a lovesick high school boy who becomes suicidal after his girlfriend breaks up with him. I bet you're already laughing from just hearing the plot. David Ogden Steers, Kim Darby, and Scooter Stevens are hilarious as Lane's crazy family. Curtis Armstrong has a small but funny role as the best friend who can't afford real drugs, so he inhales easy access substances like Jell-O and Snow instead. 
And we get the yummy Diane Franklin as the foreign exchange student who inspires Lane to rise to the occasion, if you get my drift. Better Off Dead is a cult favorite, and many fans can recite the script from beginning to end. The soundtrack is totally awesome, featuring The Fix, Terry Nunn, and the gorgeous E.G. Daly, who also appears in the film during the school dance scene. I highly recommend you watch this and check out Savage Steve's other two 80s masterpieces, One Crazy Summer and How I Got Into College. The only other thing I can say about this flick is, I want my two dollars. I'm the Video Vixen, and remember, behave yourselves. Okay, I, I, I got to confess here, I have not seen this one. I've heard of it, but uh, have not seen it. Not enough squids or giant lizards in it for you? Maybe. But I got to say, hijacking a bus full of penguins had me immediately. As they will do. <laughs> yes, as they will do indeed. <laughs> Perhaps I should, uh, should check that out, though. Thanks, as always, to the Video Vixen for once again enlightening us to the films that really matter. You know what I'm saying? You know, if the Academy Awards folks were considering a category for most popular film, I say we have one for most psychotronic film. See, because that category actually makes sense and isn't just plain insulting. What kind of mushroom wine were they drinking? Yeah, probably the expensive stuff. Yeah. Really? It doesn't sound at all to them like, you know, let them eat cake? <laughs> can you just can you just for a moment imagine what that what that that occasion must have sounded like coming up with this stupid category? Well, we all know the great unwashed wouldn't recognize a really fine film if it had walked in the front door and promptly relieved itself on their shoes. <laughs> so, I suggest we have a people's choice kind of thing, you know, to show them we acknowledge and appreciate their favoritism however horribly misguided and woefully uneducated those choices may be. So, you know, here's a little something for you. It's, a, it's, it's actually for us, uh, isn't it? I mean, we're, we're not giving them, the, the, the public, an award, for Christ's sake. That's a... That'd be expensive as hell. We, we've got $600 million box office abortions to save up for. Yeah, kind of like that. Except with less hair. You know, I, I think they're already backpedaling on that uh, most popular award thing because uh, the, the public outcry, uh, both inside and outside of the industry on that uh, crap, uh, <laughs> was just too much. Uh, oh, and by the way, I... Uh, I should probably mention, too, that the uh, title of this edition of our uh, humble little program here... You uh, mean now that the show is almost over? <laughs> yeah, now that... The, yeah, because there's no time like the present, right? Even though the past may have been more optimal. Nay, correct even. No, you know, we just madly freestyle through this thing we call a show, don't we? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's just off the hook with spontaneity, man. Oh, 
<laughs> I know it. We're just damn reckless around here. Uh, but uh, back to the topic at hand, the uh, untrained eye has a, a couple of meanings, really. But uh, w- one way to look at it is as uh, an uninformed yes to something before you had time to consider it in more depth. Yeah, but don't you have to be a pirate for that to work? No, sir. We, uh, we do not discriminate in any way against non-pirates. Do not let its uh, clever spelling fool you. You are in no way required to be of pirate origin or uh, descent to qualify. No, sir. Oh, and uh, speaking of qualifying... See, there's that reckless thing. (laughs) Speaking of qualifying, we're extending the uh, Name Milt's Drink competition just one more show as uh, we've gotten some great suggestions, but uh, none have really made Milt's Drink Umbrella spin madly with delight. You know what I'm saying? Hey, there are no umbrellas in my drink. There, there's there's barely any ice in the thing. Be that as it mayn't, folks. Uh, so there's still time to get that drink name suggestion into us here. And uh, in case you've forgotten the contents of said concoction, it's quite simple. Vodka and Yoo-Hoo. Yes. The chocolate water stuff. Can't imagine myself, but to each their own private pangolin, I always say. Right, Sparky? That's right. So uh, get them into us as promptly as you can. uh, And uh, send those suggestions to milt at thefuseboxshow.com. And the winner will receive a spiffy item from the Fusebox store. And again... This is for real. We're not uh, we're not handing you the exploding banana here. It'll be grand. And uh, with that, friends, we'll call it a show. But not before thanking our brave audio comrades for their contributions to this show. Leslie Jane, Sam A. Maori, PQ River, and the Video Vixen. Also, Thanks for the masterful audio control gesticulations of Milk Canes. Been a slice. And of course, thanks to you, friends, for once again, bravely and without concern for personal safety or even while you're still up this late, pushing play on this edition of Fusebox. Uh, we do, so appreciate that as well and hitting the subscribe button wherever you have found this fine program. If you have not, join us on that there uh, Book of Face page as well. We can be found at The Fusebox Show, right there on that thing. I have been your Light This End, in case you're on fire, host, Mark Rose, saying, until our next cartoon.